Yo, what's going on? This is Uncle Hokage, your otaku uncle, and I hope everybody is having a great day. So, I'm gonna do some traveling. I'm gonna do some uh, grocery store run. I thought it'd be kind of cool while I'm just kind of going about my day, going about my business, getting some like randomness to try and record a podcast. There is going to be a better solution for me to do this where I don't have to hold the phone up to my ear. Um, I guess I just got to get some new headphones so that the uh, microphone can kind of dangle as I walk and then we can go take long walks together. But this way is cool too. I'm, I'm getting a little bit more free form when it comes to stuff like this. Instead of uh, insisting on a format, formats will follow function. And I feel like as long as I kind of keep putting out whatever it is I need to put out, like the right things will just sort of happen. So I think it's fair to say that what I should probably talk about first is who I am as an anime fan, where I came from, what my history is, um, just to kind of give you some context. Because as I commonly say, if you see my YouTube videos or you came over here through Instagram or you came over here from Reddit, is I'm your otaku uncle. Like I've been in this for a minute. I'm older than a lot of you guys, and I know with anime, especially when you go to the conventions, it's mostly uh, people who are either teenagers or college college age uh, people, and then a few OGs. And I'm just been fortunate, blessed, um, whatever you want to call it, to be able to still be an OG. One of the things that happens to a lot of people as they're getting older and as they grow up is that they let go of some of the things that they care about and cherish um, not because they want to but because they feel almost obligated they feel like they feel like oh I have to grow up now I have to change and become this totally different person Um, I have to let go of the things that myself or society deems as childish just so that I can feel that I am I guess fitting that adult mold and I did that with a lot of things there were so many things where I really liked I really cherished and they're gone and when they're gone it's hard to regrow those back it's almost as if snipping away uh, those origins It's cutting away at a part of your body or maybe even your soul and you can't you can't grow back your foot you can't grow back your arm it just you're just different person now and maybe you know it's not the same because we can kind of like gain new things and new desires and new skill sets and new loves and new joys but for myself the whole notion of anime, of manga, of all that stuff. Man, that's that's me at the core. So I never let it go. And I never even thought to let it go. I never I never wanted to let it go. And I held down tight for dear life. And ever since the young age of probably 13, 
I've been an otaku. I've been an anime fan since way back. Um, my origin story is probably like a lot of you guys, especially being from America. Or maybe not, because the world is different. There was no anime category when I was growing up. Everything was just so regular. You had your TV show. You had only so many channels. Um, if you were lucky and your parents had a little bit of money, you could get on Cartoon Network. You could get on um, some of the other uh, networks like Nickelodeon and see some of those kind of rare, unique shows but there was no like Hulu there was no Netflix there was no oh I'm just gonna go and see what is on the simulcast that didn't exist the world was very very different so now I I know that I was formally I guess informally, but more like directly introduced to to anime and knowing what it was by my by my cousin. She and I are the same age, and she got into it first. So when there was a moment when uh, we were at my my grandparents' house, me and my cousins were just standing outside talking like Sunday, and we would always go to my grandparents' house Sunday after church. I was like the family tradition. All the cousins would hang out and talk, but we were just talking about shows that we thought were really cool. And then like the notion of like cartoons came up and we were like, oh, there's some good ones. But then we were like, yo, did you see this show called Sailor Moon? And we were just like, oh, I know, it's so unique. It's so weird. It's so different. It's so whatever. Um, fast forward, we kind of discover that it's its own special entity. It's not just another cartoon show, despite kind of what we thought. And I think that's what's so brilliant about kind of being in the fandom is that you have that moment where you realize, you realize that what you were watching is not the standard. What you're watching is not the, not the standard American cartoon show. It's its own thing. It's something different. It has its own vibe, its own flavor. So, when we were talking about it, and we were talking about kind of uh, what the show Sailor Moon was, there's almost this like reverence about it. Because when you compare Sailor Moon to like Looney Tunes, when you compare it to Tiny Tunes, to Charlie Brown, to, um, oh, what's another one? that one of the standard shows that we just kind of watched growing up when you compare it to those the there's something just special about it there's something different about it it's it just felt it felt more mature it felt more it felt more fully realized it felt more more creative.
that type of show, it just had a different air about it. It had a different energy as opposed to the same stuff. And I think that's what's so gripping about finding into it is because there was almost like an edge to the animation. There was this, there's these things that they're, they're talking about these subjects that you don't really see on cartoons they're they're actually caring about social interactions they they actually care about um uh the things that teenagers care about status girls uh looking cool uh winning money and it's not just this kind of like fluff. And I don't know if there's any transitional shows like that in the United States. Like in the US, we have shows for kids and then we have shows for adults. And the in-between stuff kind of lives in books. The in-between stuff kind of lives in YA fiction now with Hunger Games and Harry Potter. Um, so forth and so on but as far as like an animated program that actually talked about some kind of slightly grown-up stuff it just doesn't exist in the US because animation is code for child and only after a couple years of The Simpsons and Family Guy and South Park do we actually have that adult animation lane and that's something that didn't used to exist. So where would you where were you to go if you wanted that slight level of maturity other other than anime, other than uh manga. So when we first stumbled on, into it, at first it was like, "Oh, this is kind of cool. It's this kind of whole world. It's like super unique. It's it's so different. The characters act like adults and everything, but they're a little bit older than me, so it's kind of cool. And they're telling stories that I actually care about. So fast forward to when, uh, after kind of watching a couple things here or there, little random comic books and stuff like that that we kind of had, um, things like that fast forward past that past that past that and then you kind of get to the first show that kind of hooked me in and that show was uh rama one half now for those of you who don't know it's this super interesting anime from the 90s uh 90s in america but 80s when it first came out the mangaka uh rumiko takahashi also created Inuyasha. She also created Maison Ikoku, and then her new series, uh, Rene something something. I don't really, I don't really know that well, but she's one of my favorite, just creative minds ever. She took that concept and introduced me to a show that just, it just blew blew me away. It boggled my mind. It thrilled me, it excited me, it made me feel like I, I felt like I was transported to a, an entirely new location. Here I was 
out here in just in Dallas, Texas, and all I wanted to do was go to high school in Japan because I'm assuming that everything that's occurring on these shows is happening in real life. I'm assuming that everybody is playing uh, crazy, like all this wacky stuff is happening in school, that people are having these massive fights, that you could learn martial arts on every corner, you know, over and over and over again. All this like wild and interesting stuff was happening. And I looked at the mundanity of uh, my high school life, which probably wasn't. And my high school life was probably pretty cool. But actually, this is middle school at the time. My middle school life was pretty cool. But I wanted that experience that I saw. Everything was colorful. Everything was wild. And I became obsessed. She had so many VHSs of this show. I didn't have as many because I was... Um, getting other stuff we didn't have as uh, as much kind of like extra just kind of cash for that type of stuff um, but in regards to that in regards to um, uh, gaming and everything we, we, we just let it ride we just kind of kept at it and we just had ourselves a fantastic time watching these kind of wild, kind of obscure, kind of strange shows. And they were so mythical to us. And it wasn't just the anime itself. It was, it was the fact that it introduced us to a new perspective and a new culture. So because these series are created in Japan, the characters, the settings take place in Japan. Therefore, there are a lot of cultural differences that become instantly noticeable um, for kids. You start seeing them eat these like cool snacks, like rice balls, and you're like, "Huh? What the hell's a rice ball? Looks awesome. <laughs> I want to try one." Um, on the show. Um, one of the characters, Ukyo, made okonomiyaki, which I actually didn't get to try until two years ago when I actually got to go to Japan and go to a real okonomiyaki shop, which was freaking awesome. And I was just like, it seemed so cool. I didn't even tell you guys the 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 concept of the show Ronald one half is a very wild concept it's the story of a boy who is an expert martial artist he and his father travel the world learning techniques and learning skills while traveling to Japan to China um, and they're world class so they they swam to China they didn't fly didn't take a boat they swam <laughs> they stumbled upon these things called Jusinkyo's uh, Cursed Springs. But they didn't pay attention. They didn't read the, the thing. But it was these springs of water where different people or animals had drowned long ago, thousands of years ago. So the water had these tall poles going like 100 feet in the air. And they just kind of flew up and stood on top of the poles on one foot, you know, because they'd be anime and everything like that. And because of that, through the training, 
they freaking like fell into the water and the guy said oh no you fell into the spring of drowned girl now every time you get splashed with cold water you're gonna turn into a girl and that's how Rama's story starts so now every time he gets splashed with cold water he turns into a girl hot water turns him back into a boy his father fell into the spring of drowned panda so every time he gets splashed with cold water he turns into a panda and there's more characters one man turns into a duck one man turns into a piglet and on and on we go so it, it adds some cool comedy and some cool concepts especially because of how wild and mythical the actual like martial arts itself is it's the anything goes school of martial arts so as the series progresses there everyone has these different wacky styles there's martial arts figure skating there's martial arts gymnastics there's martial arts everything and it kind of keeps going on and on like that so in regards to this show it opened up my eyes to this whole other thing and then i started pondering oh i wonder what the next style is going to be oh i wonder what what else they're going to do i didn't even realize that this show had a lot of comedy in it i, I was take, taking it seriously you know like when rama is like he's afraid of cats and he his dad trained him so harshly that every time he gets near cats he basically starts behaving and acting like a cat but then he becomes super powerful that's apparently a joke I was like, yeah, that's his superpower. That's that's some real ish right there. Like, he's really... Like, you know what I mean? I was young. I wanted to see the cool fights. I wanted to... There were some funny bits in it, but for me, it was like serious business. I wanted to know all the bits and pieces. I loved it. I was, um, as they say, transported, absorbed, obsessed with that particular show. And that was kind of how it started that was how the accession started i needed more now this was back in the day when you couldn't just you couldn't just purchase um no no i'm saying that wrong this is back in the day when you couldn't just you couldn't just watch something you had to make a purchase you had to go and uh either buy a physical copy of the VHS and I do mean VHS where when you had the VHS tape before Blu-ray there was DVD before DVD there was VHS before that well that was my big sister's time but for my time it was tapes and the tape was you had to um, you had to rewind it if you wanted to see it from the beginning. Uh, when you put it in and it clicked, it would whir. It would be like, and make that rewind sound. And that was kind of how you, that was kind of how you were able to uh, rewatch what you had. Nowadays, you can just kind of, um, you can just kind of put the show on you can trace forward and backward and if you want to watch it again you just 
press a lot of the time you don't even have to scan back you can just press uh start from the beginning start from the from the beginning and the show will just start from the beginning this wasn't that at the time like it was it was different it was um a more patient era and you know what i won't even say patient it was just a more more time consuming you're patient by default because you don't have a choice and because you kind of have to wait and you kind of have to take your time and you kind of have to just watch uh what's given to you like okay picture this so because my cousins and i we were always at uh, my grandmother's house if you thought like vhs tapes are old How's it going? Hers was like really old. She didn't have a uh, remote control. So, the we weren't able to, to, to pause. Uh, no, 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 we could, we could pause, we could play, and then we could um, start and stop, but we couldn't fast forward or rewind. So if you missed a part, you missed a part. It was like, what was the point? You could watch things multiple times, but you had to wait for the tape to rewind. And the only way the tape would rewind is when it got all the way to the end. So all of us, we would sit and we would actually watch every, every last bit of what was on the tape because we didn't have a choice. So when it ended, we watched the end credits. We watched the, uh, thank you. We watched the end credits. We watched the uh, trailers. We watched the previews of what's coming next, every last bit. And then once the last thing faded away and it said brought to you by I don't know, Viz Media, which I found out today is a subsidiary of Husway, something like that. Once I, (laughs) then the tape would start rewinding. Now, that was some patience that only kids who didn't have the internet could have. (laughs) Like, that was how it was. And it's not like we liked it. I'm not here to say, oh, back in my day, we had it tougher. Nah, it's way better now. Way better. Like, the fact that, the fact that I can even go and just watch a whole series if I want to, like if I've got the time, still blows me away. That wasn't even possible. You know what I'm saying? Like, that wasn't even probable. In order to watch an entire series of a show, you had to purchase every single VHS tape copy. Or, you could rent it. If they had it. So, y'all probably don't know about um, videotape rentals as they used to be. Nowadays, if you want to rent something, you go to Redbox. And Redbox is convenient. I mean, you just pay for the amount of time, you bring it back when you're done, and boom, red box. But back in the day, Blockbuster Video, and you were beholden to what they had. And Blockbuster wouldn't, didn't have much anime, but 
thankfully, even though Blockbuster was a chain, Blockbuster was like the McDonald's. There was a couple of little places that had a couple of, they had a little something-something. So the place near me was called Hollywood Video. And Hollywood Video, where it is now, is actually a, um, a comic book shop. Like the biggest comic book shop, I believe. I think it's the same location. Um, that's, the, that's the memory that I have. But in Hollywood Video, they actually found the more obscure movies. I think it was kind of owned or ran or managed by slightly people who are a little bit closer to being cinephiles than just your standard movie fans. So because of that, it just, it had some like, had some anime, you know what I mean? So that's kind of where I went to watch a lot of the cool shows coming up when I got a little bit older. Um, what did I watch? I watched Here's Greenwood. That one was super dope. And that one is the probably the first slice of life anime that I really watched. It was about a boy who goes to a boarding school to kind of get away from his brother and his brother's new wife, which was a woman that he had a crush on. Um, which I didn't know at the time was a common kind of theme in anime but uh to me it was all new and this one was even more mature than rama one half it wasn't like it wasn't like the show where the care it wasn't like the character was wacky or corny there's no martial arts it was just regular guys at this boarding school and they're just trying to fit in now obviously because it's an anime everything is hyper realized the characters are a little bit more mature than they would be in real life and um, there's a little bit uh, extraness with it with the uh, they, 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 there's this one little little bit in the show uh, at the very 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 beginning where he finds out his roommate his roommate is a girl um, and I don't want to say much more than that but it's just it's so it's such an interesting little like tidbit that you can only do in an anime um, the way they did it, but it was just, it was such a touching show, and I watched as much as I could, they probably only had two or three tapes, which probably meant, uh, four to six total episodes, because keep in mind, ladies and gentlemen, when you bought or rented a tape of anime, there was two to four episodes max, there just wasn't enough space. So, be, and on top of that, because it was from uh, Japan, because the anime was from Japan, they could charge more. So, your anime VHS tape could sometimes be like 25 bucks for your two to three episodes versus a, a regular Hollywood movie. But if you could find a deal, or maybe there was like a con, or maybe there was something special you could really you could really have a couple of little magic moments i mean one of the one of the moments that i remember that was kind of magical for me is my cousin had a vhs copy of project echo which is one of the classics from the 80s and the 80s was our 90s so because everything had to be imported there was no simulcast at that time so we were watching stuff that was a decade behind from what was current 
uh, at the time for a lot of it until they were able to speed things up. But we were watching Akira, Project Aiko, Pat Labor, um, some of the earlier Gundam, uh, stuff like that. But Project Aiko, I loved it. I don't even remember if it was like an OVA or a movie, but I think it was an OVA. I think there's like maybe two or three episodes or it's a long movie. But the premise, I'm just a little hazy on. I just know it's a girl in a sailor uniform, a typical Japanese girl who's also super powerful. She has martial arts fighting capability and she goes to a high school. And in this high school, there is another girl who is the antagonist, who's wealthy, of course, and has perfect hair, but is also super powerful, a little bit, a little bit skankier than the main character, who's just earnest. Um, and they have martial arts fights, and they're fighting over this other girl, this blonde-haired, kind of ditzy girl named Seiko. So it was so surreal. But it was so amazing how big and wild and crazy the animation got. The, the, the skill involved that the creators did in putting that together was just second to none. And I just remember sitting on my living room floor and my cousin was showing this to us and we just watched as they fought and they leapt off buildings and they soared through the skies and they kicked leaving they kick brick walls, leaving those big, massive explosions at like when they punch the ground in Dragon Ball and stuff like that. It was a special, special show. And I was at the right age to kind of receive and, and see that. So I'm super thankful for that. Um, and then as I got a little bit older and I got to high school and I had a little bit more autonomy and I could kind of pick out what I wanted um, my mom used to drive me. We used to have a store out here called Planet Anime. There used to be two of them. There was one in... Uh, there was one that was in by the Galleria Mall. If you're from Dallas, you know what I'm talking about. And then there was one in Plano area, which was closer to where I lived. And it was the first time seeing it a full store dedicated to my obsession. So... That was my favorite place on earth. I didn't have much money, um, but I was able to get a little something every now and then. Volumes of uh, Ronma One Half that I wasn't able to afford before. I just read my cousins. I collected all three Magic Knight Rare Earth. Don't have many more. Um, and then I just started expanding. I eventually got into seeing all the classics. Neon Genesis Evangelion. I watched while laying on bed, loving the theme song. Cowboy Bebop. Um, I was a little bit young-minded to watch it, but it was fantastic. I enjoyed the fight scenes and some of the scenes. Um, I started... Uh, I started driving a little bit and eventually was able to collect some comics when I got even older, Dragon Ball. That actually may have been when I was in college, but I don't want to talk about college now. I just wanted to talk about my intro and how I got into it, and why I love it. And we'll just stop there for now and just know that I really care and love being an otaku because that's a big part of who I am. So thank you so much for listening to this first kind of kickoff 
Um, next time I'm gonna do part two of my origin story. We'll talk the college years where I really started to dig deep and how I got from there to where I am today. But find me on all channels, Uncle Hokage, Reddit, YouTube, Twitter is new. Uh, Instagram is where I do the most talk. Um, but it's Uncle Hokage. So like, share, subscribe. Love, peace, and hair grease. Thank you.